Thanks for joining us today for the Fellowship Baptist Church podcast. If you'd like to learn more about our ministry, visit fbcpanamacity.com. Now, here's today's message. As we mentioned, uh, we are the Sutton family. Uh, My name is Dan. My wife, Heather, is right down here. We have three children, Jackson, Adeline, and Kinsley. And uh, if you're here this morning, we're just so thankful. And maybe you have a chance to to go by our table. You saw the kids over there. Please come by, grab a card. Uh, We have a few things from Nicaragua over there. We can answer some questions. But Nicaragua, right down there in Central America, it's uh, below Honduras, north of Costa Rica. And it's really just been a, uh, it has a very troubled history. Uh, Nicaragua, about 6.5 million people, but the, the door is wide open to the gospel. As you go down into Nicaragua, there's, it's all Spanish-speaking country, and so we'll spend a year in language school getting to, to know Spanish in order to be able to uh, present the gospel well. You know, I have a little bit of Spanish that I took in high school and different things, but not enough to be able to clearly present the gospel and articulate what the Lord has done for us. And so uh, we'll be going down there. Our goal is to be able to finish up deputation, get language school started at the beginning of next year, and then to go down. And ultimately, the goal is, yes, to to see churches planted, but really to see souls saved for the honor and glory of Jesus Christ. And then eventually, the church is established, and then uh, to go to another place that needs another church. And uh, I mentioned in Sunday school this morning, there's town after town, city after city, some that maybe have just a few hundred people, up to towns of 130,000 with nobody preaching the gospel. Nobody there sharing with them what they can, the relationship they can have with the Father through Jesus Christ. And so um, that's our goal. That's our mission. Um, We'd love for you to come by, grab one of our prayer cards. Um, yes, they could be used as weapons. They are a little bit thick, but um, please grab one of those. Got our information on the back. If you'd like to keep in contact with us, the email's on the back there. And I got a few games for the kids or even the adults could try uh, there on the back table. But thank you so much for having us. If you would take your Bibles and turn to Acts chapter number eight. Acts chapter number eight. I've really enjoyed getting to know your pastor a little bit. When we got in late last night, I noticed that he had an Ohio State Buckeyes hat on. And uh, we do have that in common. I was... Uh, I was born in Ohio, and then uh, eventually, by the time I was 10, our family uh, moved down to Central Florida, which is where I grew up. But uh, uh, So we both were born in Ohio, both Ohio State fans, both moved to Florida. Uh, the only thing we don't have in common is height. That's very different. <laughs> I, you're trying to, I need a stool to stand up uh, on this pulpit here. But um, if you would take about Acts chapter number 8, I want to preach a message this morning about the call of God. You know, uh, you think about what is God calling you to do? Um, you know, you ask your kids, people ask our kids all the time, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I try to encourage them not to just focus on what they want to do when they grow up, but, but what does God want you to do? And, and as we think about, you know, my son, his answer that he always says, he loves dinosaurs. So he, he tries to say the word paleontologist doesn't quite come out like paleontologist. But, um, you know, you ask your kids, what do you want to be when you grow up? And uh, as you begin to think about what it is for each of us, not just kids, but adults included, what is it that God has for us? What, what is it that God wants us to accomplish? You know, we say the call of God, and I think many times we kind of just associate that with just, you know, being in ministry, maybe a pastor or, or a missionary or a Sunday school teacher. But understand, if you're in this room this morning and you're a Christian, you've trusted Christ as your Savior, God is calling you to something. And if you're here this morning and maybe you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, God is calling you to trust His Son as your Savior and to, to put your faith and trust in Him. So, Everyone this morning, God is calling us to something, but are we going to pick up the phone? Are we going to answer when God calls? In Acts 8, let's look at verse number 26. We'll kind of go through the, really the entire chapter this morning, but if you look at verse 26 as a text verse, and the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. And he arose and went. Let's pray. 
God, as we come before you this morning, Lord, and as we look at what it is that you'd have for each of us, God, as we, as we consider what it is that you're calling us to do, Lord, there's a, uh, there's a, a future will for you that you have for us, Lord, that you want us to, some things maybe in the future you'd have for us to accomplish, but Lord, there's things even right here, right now, today that you'd have for us, Lord. So I pray that as we uh, look at your word this morning, as we study this passage, God, that you'd speak to hearts. God, thank you so much for the time already to be able to worship you in song, Lord, and in the fellowship, God, and as we now come to the preaching of your word, Lord, that that not only myself, God, that you please fill me with the Spirit, Lord, but that every believer this morning will be filled with the Spirit as they listen, as they hear your word, God. I don't know, most of the people in here I've never met before today, and Lord, God, I don't know what all the needs are, I don't know what all the burdens are, but God, I do know, Lord, that you have something for each of us today from your word, so I pray that you speak to hearts, God. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. When I first went to, uh, to college, I went to a uh, a college, actually, my very first year, I went to a college in Tennessee. Uh, being from Florida, Tennessee was just far enough to where I could get out from under my parents, but, but not too far, where if I needed something, I could run back home real quick, you know, within a, within a few hours. And so I went to a Bible college there in Tennessee, and I had a job as uh, landscaping. I'd done landscaping all throughout high school. I started working when I was in about seventh or eighth grade, working for a, a landscaping company. And then uh, as I went over to college, I found a job over there where I was able to uh, use some of those skills that I already learned. And I remember one day specifically where we were supposed to be cleaning out the barn. It was a real rainy day. There was no other jobs that we could do that day because of the rain and everything was wet and just muck. And so uh, the, uh, the boss said, I want you to clean out the barn. It was the old barn. It was a barn that nobody used very often. And so everything was just everywhere. And it wasn't a job that we necessarily wanted to do. You know, the, the jobs we wanted to do were the, you know, using the big equipment and things like that. But uh, that day it was clean out the barn. And I remember we, we, we cleaned out the barn for a good, you know, 10 minutes at least. We, we were there. We were working hard. We cleaned out, and we were uh, picking up trash up. We were putting things away, and uh, as we were there, my friend Jamie, we were, we were cleaning out the barn. We noticed that in the corner was the four-wheeler, and uh, if you ever have ridden four-wheelers before, the best time to ride a four-wheeler is when it's raining or right after it's raining, and so, you know, we thought you know, we'd clean for a little bit. We, we'd got something done to where if the boss came back and he looked, he could at least tell that we did something. We, we did that much, you know. We didn't finish the job, but we started, you know, riding the four-wheeler out there, and we were riding it around. And I remember I had just gotten off. My friend Jamie had gotten on. He was driving it around the field. And right at that moment, I heard my phone ring. And I didn't even have to look at it. I knew exactly who was calling. You know, that, that sinking feeling when, when you just, uh, uh, you know that it was the boss. And I, and I knew that's exactly who it was. And as I pulled my phone out of my pocket and I looked, it was, it was our boss. And I'm sure he was calling to ask how things were going. If we were getting the barn cleaned up, we were doing what we were supposed to be doing. And in that moment, I had no desire whatsoever to answer the phone. I mean, not that I ever really wanted to talk to my boss, but, you know, in that moment especially, I really did not want to answer the phone because I wasn't doing what I was supposed to be doing. And, you know, honestly, if I, if I had answered the phone and he'd asked me, hey, what, what's going on, what are you guys doing? And if I had told him the truth and he knew what was going on, he wasn't going to call us to go do, do something else. He wasn't going to give us a, another job or a more important job if we couldn't even do the small, simple task that he'd given us to do. And the challenge that I have for us this morning is that as God speaks to your heart and God speaks to your life, maybe today, maybe through uh, messages in the past that have been preached or in your devotions, as God speaks to you and you hear that phone ringing and you know that God is calling you to do something, pick up the phone. When, when God calls and works in your heart about serving in ministry or God calls and uh, maybe pricks your heart about sharing the gospel or whatever it is, uh, you can, we could list uh, uh, many, many things this morning about what it is that God's calling you to do. We're going to look at an example this morning of somebody when God called, he answered. And that person was Philip here from Acts chapter 8. We need to be in a place in our Christian life so when God calls, 
we're ready to answer. And the point number one this morning that I want to look at is uh, here in Acts 8, I want to see the precursor to the call. So what is going on before God calls, ever calls Philip in verse number 26? And, you know, many times that's uh, kind of what we expect. You know, in verse 26, we see the voice of the angel of the Lord speaking to Philip. And we kind of get that idea that, you know, as a Christian, we're just, we're, we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. We're in church. Maybe we're, we're, we're serving here and there. But we're kind of just at that point where we're just waiting to, for the voice of God to come down and just tell us exactly what it is he wants us to do. And I remember when I first started uh, talking to, to Heather and we were kind of dating and things like that. And we kept asking people, well, how do you know if that's, that's who you're supposed to marry? You know, how, how do you know if, if that's who God has for you? And, and the answer that everybody gave us was the same answer. They said, you just know. Like, that's not an answer. <laughs> I, you know, I want just written in stone. I want to be able to know exactly. But, but many times the Lord doesn't, uh, like here in Acts, God spoke to Philip and told him what he wanted him to do. But now God uses his word and God uses uh, the preaching of his word to speak to our hearts and tell us what he wants from us. And so here in Acts 8, before we ever get to verse 26, where the voice of the Lord spoke to, to Philip, we see the precursor of the call of what was going on. Skip up to verse number one of Acts chapter 8. The Bible says, and Saul was consenting unto his death. And at that time, there was great persecution against the church, which is at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. And devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentation over him. As for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering into every house, committed, uh, inhaling men and women to prison, committed them to prison. Therefore, they that were scattered abroad went everywhere, preaching the word. And the first thing I see here in... Uh, the precursor of the call before Philip was called to go down to this Ethiopian eunuch at the end of the chapter, the first thing that I see is the death of Stephen. As you go back and read Acts chapter number seven, Stephen was brutally murdered all because he was just preaching the gospel. As you read through Acts seven and you see the things that he said as he, as he went back to the Old Testament and he started preaching about the law and started preaching about all these uh, Abraham and Isaac and Moses and all these ones as he begins preaching through at the end of chapter number seven, the, the religious leaders and those that were around were so upset about what Stephen, as Stephen preached, it wasn't, they were, they were channeling their anger towards Stephen, but really it was their, their anger was at the Lord. It was at what he was preaching, it was at Jesus, because that's all that Stephen preached was Christ. And as he talked about how, how, how they murdered Christ, as they crucified him on the cross, and as Stephen was there preaching this message, they, they literally got so upset, so angry at Stephen that it says that they stopped up their ears, they covered their ears, they said they didn't want to hear what he was saying, that they ran at him, they gnashed at him with their teeth, they, they yelled at him, they said these things towards him, and ultimately took him out of the city and stoned him to death, throwing stones at him, all because he was preaching the gospel, all because he was preaching to them about Jesus. And in verse number one of chapter eight, it says, and Saul was consenting unto his death. And that was what was going on in the early church. We see the death of Stephen, one of the early church leaders, one of the first deacons will hear what Stephen we see that he was murdered. And this is what's going on here in this early church in this town here in Jerusalem uh, when we see what, when God calls Philip. We also see the destruction of Saul. You see, as you read down through verses uh, one through four, it says Saul was consenting into his death. Verse three says, as for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering into every house and hailing men and women, committed them to prison. You know, Saul was literally going door to door. He hated Christians. He hated the fact that people were preaching about Christ. And so he was uh, going door to door. Uh, you know, we go door to door maybe to invite people to church or tell them about Jesus. He was going door to door trying to find anyone that, that was following Christ, anyone that maybe had uh, some of the scriptures, anyone that was uh, preaching Jesus and preaching that he was the Messiah. He was going to their houses. He was ripping them from their homes, from their families. 
taking them to prison, even up to the point where we see that he was consenting unto the death of Stephen. And Saul was, he even accounts of himself in Acts 22 and in Acts 26. If you go back and read through those chapters, Saul himself talks about some of the things that he did. And he just hated Christians. And he hated the fact that people were preaching Christ and that people were being saved. And Saul says he was making havoc of the church. So we see the death of Stephen, the destruction of Saul. We do see in verse two, there were devout saints. It says, and devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentation over him. So it wasn't like Philip and Stephen were the only ones that were doing what was right. It wasn't like they were the only ones that, that were following what they were supposed to do. It says there were many devout saints. There were others that, that believed in Christ. And there were others that were doing what they were supposed to do. But we notice ultimately the distant scattering. Look at verse three. As for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering into every house and hailing men and women, committed them to prison. Therefore, verse number four. So because of that, because of the persecution, because Saul was going door to door and he was tearing families apart, throwing men and women and people into prison for following Christ, because of that, they that were scattered abroad went everywhere. And it doesn't say they went everywhere hiding. It doesn't say they went everywhere complaining. It doesn't say they went everywhere, you know, just uh, talking about all the bad things going on in Jerusalem. It says they went everywhere preaching the word. These Christians, these people who literally most of them were being torn from their families, were being thrown out of their homes, uh, probably lost their jobs, lost their homes, lost their families. They, they were going and, and being scattered out of their home place that they were from, out of Jerusalem, going into these surrounding cities and the surrounding areas. And you know what they did when they got there? They kept preaching Christ. They kept preaching the word, even though they'd lost probably everything, even though they'd been torn from their homes and families, the thing that they were being persecuted for just produced more preaching for them as they went to these other places. As they went down, and we're gonna see ultimately down here into Samaria, their persecution produced more preaching. The very thing that they were being persecuted for made them just wanna preach more. And I thought about times in, uh, you know, my life, I know when we were in the Fresno, every Saturday morning we would go out and we'd try to, you know, saturate the community with the gospel and invite people to church, tell them about Jesus. And so we'd go out, uh, we'd, sometimes we'd knock on doors, sometimes we would just leave a flyer. But uh, I remember there was times in, uh, where people were not very happy that we were putting stuff on their door, especially when they found out that we were from the church. Uh, and then especially when they found out we were from a Baptist church, and then it was even worse. And so I, I know there was times where nothing no kind of persecution compared to what they were facing here in the early church in Jerusalem. But from my perspective, somewhat of persecution, maybe somebody yelling at me, somebody uh, seeking their dog after me or getting upset or getting mad, you know, things like that. But, but really, it was no kind of persecution like what these people were facing here in the early church in Jerusalem. No, nothing like the persecution that churches and Christians, even in Afghanistan and the Middle East and some of these other places are facing even today. No, 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 nothing like that. But these people, these Christians, when they were faced with the persecution, says they went everywhere preaching the word because of that persecution, because of what was going on in their lives, because they were being, uh, you see even in Acts when the disciples in the early, in the beginning of Acts, when they were being arrested and being beaten for their faith and for what they were preaching, it says that they counted it joy that they were, they were counted worthy to suffer for his sake. They, they were just, they were happy to be able to preach the gospel. And these people went everywhere preaching the word, preaching Christ. And I had the thought, what do we go everywhere preaching? We're all known for our little things we like to talk about. I, even last night, me and Pastor were talking a little bit about the Ohio State. You know, I love, I love the Ohio State Buckeyes. Whether they win, lose, I don't care. I, I love the Buckeyes. And I'll talk to them about anyway. I love to fish. You know, I grew up in Central Florida where uh, you can catch a fish in just a puddle of water. There's fish everywhere. It doesn't matter where you go, there's fish. And we moved out to California, and you have to spend all kinds of money to be able to catch a fish. But 
Um, you know, I, there's some, certain things that all of us, we like, we enjoy to talk about, whether it's hunting, fishing, um, you know, sports, whatever it is, we, we like to talk about. But these people, what they were known for was preaching Christ. And some of those things, none of those things are bad to talk about. Some of you enjoy maybe talking about politics or the stock market or, or what's going on in the world, the news and different things. And, and those things are fine. But ultimately, every conversation that we, we have should ultimately lead to Christ. Every opportunity the Lord gives us to talk to someone should, should end in us being able to be able to share the gospel with them. And that is what these people had the testimony of, is that everywhere they went, they preached Christ. So we saw the precursor of the call, what was going on here in Jerusalem before God called Philip. Um, and now we see the place of the call. Look down in verse number five. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ under them, unto them. If you were in Sunday school this morning, we talked about the Jews and the Samaritans and how much they disliked each other. But here now, by the time we get to the book of Acts, as these people are going down, the Jews even going down to Samaria, now they're preaching the gospel to them. Now they're, they're excited for them. They're excited to be able to, to share Christ with them. And the people with one accord, verse six, gave heed unto those things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits crying with a loud voice came out of many that were possessed with them and many taken with palsies and that were lame were healed. And there was great joy in that city. So the city of Samaria is approximately 50 miles from Jerusalem. So it was a, a place there, a city of Samaria within the region of Samaria. It was a place of security. As you see here, the, the disciples and those that were following Christ as they went down to Samaria, they were preaching the gospel. They're not facing the persecution that they were facing in Jerusalem. It was somewhat secure. They, they didn't have that immediate persecution. They were able to preach Christ freely. It's also a place of salvation. Verse number 12, it says that but when they believed Philip preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God, in the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Because he was a place of salvation. They, they, they listened. They, they heard the gospel and they trusted it and they got saved. It was also a place of celebration. In verse 8, we saw it says there was great joy in that city. You know, when the gospel came into a place and people began to trust in Christ and people began to, uh, to get saved, it completely changed the, the perception of that city. It completely changed the attitude. It completely changed the culture. It, it went from a place that was just a, a, a regular place, an ordinary place, the city of Samaria to now a place that says there was great joy in that city. And that's what the gospel does as it changes lives and it changes people. And then ultimately, as more and more people get saved, it can change an entire community. It can change an entire country. It can change an entire city. And here we see it was also a place of Samaria, a place of security, a place of celebration. But notice, it was also a place of sending. Skip down to verse number 25. We kind of read through there of, of them going down in. Verses nine through 24 talks about uh, a specific story that happened while they were there in Samaria, but we're going to skip down to verse 25. It says, and they, speaking of some of those that had been come down from the scattering after they'd left Jerusalem, also talking about some of the apostles that had come down to Samaria after they saw what was going on and heard about it. They wanted to come down and see it for themselves and do some of the teaching. Verse 24, or verse 25, and they, when they had testified and preached the word of the Lord, returned to Jerusalem and preached the gospel in many villages of the Samaritans. And I'd read this chapter before, and I'd, I'd never really noticed, but in verse 25, you see what happened is as, as they'd gone down to Samaria, they'd left their Jerusalem, which was Jerusalem. You know, we talk about our Jerusalem, our Samaria. They, they left their Jerusalem, which is where they were from, was Jerusalem. They'd gone down to Samaria, and as they'd gone down, they just continued to preach the gospel, do what they knew they were supposed to do. And as people were getting saved there, what they realized is there were Samaritans back in Jerusalem that they hadn't reached yet. There was entire villages right there next door, people that they'd probably passed by all the time, people that they knew, people that maybe they'd had done business with that lived in Jerusalem that they hadn't yet reached with the gospel. 
And just like you, yes, you need to go down to surrounding cities and surrounding areas. And, and yes, we need to get the gospel out to other countries and other places. And that's why we're going to Nicaragua. But there's people right here that need to be saved. There's people right across the street from you. There's people probably that you interact with each and every single day. Somebody that you work with, a family member, a friend, a neighbor, someone that, yeah, it's important to reach your, your Samaria. It's important to reach your Judea, your, uh, the uttermost parts of the world. Yes, that is important and it must be done but let's not do that at the cost of not reaching our Jerusalem. Let, let's not so, be so focused where, yeah, we send money to missionaries, we, we go to do missions, we, we go help maybe other churches and other cities to, to, to saturate their community, where we forget about our own community where God has placed us. God has put us each here for a reason. And that, that brings us to the next point, is that place of the call, uh, we saw the precursor of the place, is that when God called Philip, as we get down to verse 26, for the specific job of going and preaching to the Ethiopian eunuch, it was after he was already serving in the place where God had him. When God called Philip to go down to, to preach the Ethiopian eunuch, he didn't call Philip when he was uh, not doing what he was supposed to be doing. He called him when he was already in the place that God had led him. Now, he didn't hear the angel of the Lord tell him, hey, go down to Samaria, but because of the scattering, he'd gone down and he preached the gospel. People were being saved. He was simply being faithful and doing what he was supposed to do. He was in the place that he was supposed to be. And are we in our place? And you say, you know, well, Brother Dan, you, we're here in church on Sunday morning. What, what better place could we be? And you're right. That's a great place to be on Sunday morning is to be in church. But do you know that you can be in church and not really be in church? You know you can sit in a pew and you can, you can physically be in church, but your heart's not in it. Your, your mind's not in it. You're not focused on what's going on. You, you know, we sing through the songs that we've sung before and, and we open up our Bibles and we, we, we talk to people, we smile, we nod, and we do all the things that kind of go through the motions. Philip was not only in the place physically that he was supposed to be, he was doing what he was supposed to be doing. And that leads us to the next point is that he was the person of the call. Look at verse 26. And Philip, and the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south unto the way that go down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. You know, Philip, if you flip back to Acts 6, and we won't do it this morning, but Philip was one of among the first deacons that were chosen in the early church. As all the things that were going on, the apostles told the people, said, hey, you know, we can't, not, not that they shouldn't leave and serve the people, but they said there's so much serving that needs to be done is that we're neglecting studying the word and preaching the word like we're supposed to. So they said, choose you from, out from among you uh, men that are of honest report, that are full of the Holy Ghost, that have a good testimony. And Philip was one of those ones that were chosen in the beginning of Acts chapter number six. So Philip was already the right kind of person that God could use. Uh, he had already followed God's leading, going down to Samaria by way of the scattering. He had a track record of obedience. What is our track record? What are we known for? Turn over quickly to Matthew chapter number four. Philip here was already the person, or I'll just read it for you in Matthew chapter number four. But uh, as, we, as we look about Philip doing what it is that he's supposed to be doing, Amos talks about, Amos, he says, uh, um, he said, I was neither a, a, a prophet nor the son of a prophet, but God called me as I followed the flock. Amos said that when God called him to go prophesy to the, to the children of Israel, he, he wasn't a prophet, but when God called him, you know what he was doing? He was following the flock. You know why he was following the flock? Because he was a herdman. He was doing what he was supposed to be doing, even though it wasn't necessarily a, uh, the job of a prophet yet, but he was doing what God had already placed him and where he, God had already put him to do. And in Matthew chapter number four, verse number 18, we see Jesus choosing some of his disciples. And, and Jesus walking by the Sea of Galilee saw two brethren, Simon called Peter, and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. Why were they casting their net into the sea? They were fishermen. When Jesus called Peter and Simon and he went and he, um, Peter and Andrew, and he went to go choose them to be fishers of men, it was after they were already being faithful fishers of fish. 
Jesus knew that he could trust them to be faithful because they were already doing their job that they were supposed to be doing. Do we have that track record of doing what it is that we know we're supposed to do in our jobs, in our homes? Not just necessarily in a, in a ministry capacity, but even just in the, in the secular job. The entire seven years that we were there in Fresno, um, I had the opportunity to work there in a, a charter school that we work for in the, that region, able to, uh, to manage that region as far as uh, for delivery of books and, and furniture and all those things. And uh, even though it wasn't a ministry position, I know how easy it is to kind of separate the, the visit, you know, the, um, you know, you have your church life and then you have like your, your work life. You have your, your, your personal life and then you have who you are at church. And it's so easy to get those separated when really God wants it to be one thing. God is looking for people that are going to be faithful. When God calls and God wants to move you on to something else, he's looking for those who are already faithful where he's placed them. Are we faithful where God has put us? Are we faithful to be a witness already where we're at? You know, God didn't call me uh, to Nicaragua just overnight. It wasn't just something that happened where uh, I woke up one day and said, decided I'm going to go to Nicaragua. It was after uh, doing, and I was not perfect. I not, did not always make the right decision, but it was after a track record of just saying yes to the next step. Yes to the next step. When I preach to the teenagers, I talk about, you know, those pictures, the dot to dot, where if, uh, you know, you go to point number one, then you draw a line, you go to point number two, draw a line to point number three, and you go on. And by the time you're done, you finish out with a completed picture. But if you skip a step, or if you don't do it in order, it's not going to turn out right. And here, God is calling Philip to do something, but it's after he's already followed each step that God has already placed in front of him. And sometimes we're so focused on the future that we just forget to simply obey what's right in front of us that we know we're supposed to do. We're so focused on, you know, it's real easy, especially like when, when, uh, when I was in, in Bible college, like, well, what does God want me to do? Where does God want me to go? And to get so caught up in all of that future that I forget what God has for me right now. I forget to just be faithful. Man, I need to wake up. I need to read my Bible today. I, I need to go to church today. I, 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 need to, to, I need to tell this person about Jesus. And, and to simply do the things that we already know we're supposed to do instead of getting co- so caught up sometimes in some of those future things. And that's what Philip, God was able to ultimately use him to reach the Ethiopian eunuch because he was faithful in the little things. He was faithful to follow. And then lastly, we see the purpose of the call. The job God called Philip for was to witness to one man. He'd witness in Jerusalem. People were getting saved so much to the point that the, the, Jew, the religious leaders were mad and upset. They, they uh, persecuted them. They had to scatter down to Samaria. It says that there was great joy in that city because there were so many people that were being saved. And now, Philip, as God calls him, God calls Philip from all of those things that were going on now to reach one person, and that was the Ethiopian eunuch. And it says in verse 27, And he arose and went. And behold, a man of Ethiopia, an eunuch of great authority under Candace, the queen of Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasure, had come to Jerusalem or to worship. And as you read down through the rest of that story, Philip was able to be used of God to reach that one man who then went to his hometown and began to reach people there in Ethiopia. Philip never got to go to Ethiopia, but he reached someone who could go to Ethiopia. And you might not, you don't need to go to Nicaragua to meet people from Nicaragua here, even here where you live right now. You never know the impact of of one person that you might reach. We met a a lady last week up in Nashville. Um, She was the, we were there at a church. The, the pastor was her son, and she said she got saved. Her entire family ended up ultimately getting saved because of one track that somebody handed to her sister at a hospital. She, she got a track. Her sister gave it to her. She put it in the drawer and never looked at it again until one day she was cleaning out the drawer. She saw it. She read it. She got saved. Then more, her husband got saved. The more people in her family got saved. She led them to Christ. And then now her son is a pastor of a church there outside of Nashville, and all that was because one person, they didn't even have the chance maybe to share the entire gospel, and they just handed them a track. You have no idea what that one track could do. That one, it, it doesn't even take, it, you don't even have to say anything. You could just awkwardly just hand it to him and run away, you know, because uh, I know how, how hard it is sometimes to try to 
articulate and to share the gospel and you're nervous and all those things going on, but pray that the Holy Spirit will give you those opportunities. And that purpose of what was happening was that Ethiopian eunuch needed to be saved. And Philip, it says in verse 35, as they were reading through Isaiah 53, the eunuch had come to Jerusalem for to worship. Um, it says that he, he left uh, Jerusalem and he's reading the scroll because he didn't get the answers that he was looking for. But God had Philip in the right place at the right time to where as they crossed paths, Philip, not, not only did, did Philip had to obey so that he could be in the right place at the right time, he had to follow God's leading exactly to where he could be in that place. Imagine all the things that God had to orchestrate to get him there just for that one moment. And then for the eunuch to call him up into his chariot and say, you know, explain these things to me. He said, how can I except some man should guide me? In verse 35, then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. And that's the whole point, is that everywhere Philip went, he preached Jesus. And that everywhere we go, that should be our desires to preach Jesus. Whether God has called us to be a missionary to another country, we should preach Jesus there. But I can't just wait till I get to Nicaragua to preach Jesus. There's people right now that God has put me in the path of as we travel around the country and and as we have opportunities to talk to people, and trust me, my kids are way better at it than I am. There's so many times where I'm just, it's easy to kind of walk past somebody, um, and, and my son Jackson will be like, hey, can I, can I give them a track? I'm like, yeah, I'm real spiritual. My, my son's over here. I'm, I'm supposed to be, you know, we're supposed to be going to Nicaragua as missionaries, and, and I just kind of walk past somebody without even thinking about it, and my son's the one wanting to go give somebody a track, and, and there's a purpose, there's a reason, and God is calling you to something this morning. I, I don't know what it is. I can't know for you. I can't know what God's will is for your life. I do know that if you're here this morning and you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, that God's will is for you to, to receive him today. That, that God's will is for you to trust him, to put your faith and trust in Christ and him alone. Nothing, no works that you could do, but, but to put your faith and trust in Christ. And that's his will for you. And if you're a Christian here, I, I don't know what God's next step is for you. I don't know what the next dot is that God has for you. But I knew, do know that God has given us his word. He's given us uh, simple things that we can obey now. The Bible says that his word is a lamp into our feet and a light into our path. He just shows us the next step. When you wake up tomorrow, you gotta follow God's will for you for the next day. And as you obey that, you'll be like Philip where he was just simply obeying. It was just a, a pattern of obedience to where he got to the place he was able to lead the Ethiopian eunuch to Christ. But notice, he didn't stop there. In uh, verse number 39, and when they were come up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord caught away Philip that the eunuch saw him no more. And he went on his way rejoicing. But Philip was found at Azotus and passing through, preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea. He didn't just lead the Ethiopian unit to Christ and say, all right, I did what I'm supposed to do, now I'm done. He just kept going on and preaching Jesus. Everywhere he went, that's what he was known for. Every time, every time you see Philip's name almost in, in scripture, you see he's preaching Christ to somebody. Whether it was in Jerusalem, whether it was in Samaria, whether it was in, uh, down in the desert in the middle of nowhere, to the Ethiopian eunuch who was preaching Christ. And so God is calling us to something. And I'll close with, uh, with this quote this morning from, uh, from William Booth. You know, I, I wasn't ready when my boss called me that day when we were supposed to be cleaning out the barn, but God is calling you to something today, whether it's to give to missions, whether it's to, to go to missions, whether it's to teach in a Sunday school class, whether it's to give a tract to your neighbor, whether it's just to simply to, to be a good employee at work. I, I don't know what it is for you, but God is calling you to something. Are you ready to answer that call? Not called, did you say? Not heard the call, I think you should say. Put your ear to the Bible and hear him bid you go and pull sinners out of the fire of sin. Put your ear down to the burdened, agonized heart of humanity and listen to its pitiful wail for help. Go stand by the gates of hell and hear the damned entreat you to go to their father's house and bid their brothers and sisters and servants and masters not to come there. Then look Christ in the face whose mercy you have professed to obey and tell him whether you will join heart and soul and body and circumstances in the march to publish his mercy to the world. Will you pick up when God calls? Let's pray.
Thanks for listening to this sermon from Fellowship Baptist Church. Come visit us at 2501 Michigan Avenue, Panama City, Florida. For more information or to donate to this ministry, visit fbcpanamacity.com. Have a great week.